Hi, my name is Drew from the Cellcast, and this is your Daily Nerd Devo. Today, I'm going to talk about a hero that you may not have heard of. In 1973, with an IQ of 300 and a love of driving motorcycles, Takeshi Hongo was kidnapped by the evil organization Shocker. They then uh, turned him into a cyborg grasshopper pert man for use in one of their multiple evil plans to try and take over Japan. However, before they could put the implants into his brain that would make him into a loyal servant, he was able to escape the evil organization Shocker and as the hero Kamen Rider would go on to fight Shocker for about two to three years before the show ended. Except he wasn't able to actually do that the whole time because Hiroshi Fujioka, who played Takeshi Hongo on the show, didn't just play the secret identity character, he was also the man in the suit. And this was going well until he got injured on set and they had to, in a hurry, find a way to keep the show going while he was recovering. And the way they would eventually do this is by having another man get captured by the evil organization Shocker, get turned into another grasshopper man, Cyborg, have him escape before they put the uh, implants into his mind that would make him a loyal servant of the evil organization, and have him fight Shocker. This man was Hayato Ichimonji. The problem was, between the time that Takeshi Hongo's actor got injured, Hayato could get written into the story. There were a couple episodes in between where they had somebody else in the Kamen Rider suit fighting, you know, Shocker, and then he would just show up after a time. But they needed a face actor to at least jump on screen to fight Shocker before the big fights happened. It was like two or three episodes, maybe maybe a little bit far more than those, than that, when this happened. And this actually introduced, in my opinion, the true hero of Kamen Rider. He was not turned into a cyborg of any kind. He was not experimented on by the evil organization. He was just a man working for the Japanese FBI who was just trying to find out, was researching Shocker, trying to help and he ended up joining the Tachibana Racing Club which was the basically the home base for Kamen Rider at the time and would go on to pretty much be in nearly every episode after that. Bear in mind he was just a normal human. He had no enhancements. He was not a monster. He was not a cyborg as I said. He was just a human. And yet it was he who would end up fighting alongside Kamen Rider. For, for so long. Eventually, you know, Hayato would leave and uh, Hongo would come back. And through all that time, Taki was still fighting alongside them. I assume, because I have not watched the last episode yet as of this recording, that he will be saved. Because as, when I, where I left off, they were, uh, he and the rest of the Tachibana Racing Club or the Common Rider Kids Club, whatever it's being called now, because they've, you know, you go on 98 episodes, things are going to change after a while. Anyway, right now they have been captured by, well, what is now Gel Shocker, because at some point they decided to merge with another evil organization that we hadn't heard of before the episode where the merger happened. This is a 70s show and made on the cheap. It's crazy. It's like Power Rangers, but actually strangely more serious. Anyway, they were getting their blood sucked out of their bodies 
Are they getting captured to get their blood sucked out of their bodies in order to bring past monsters of Shocker, of Gel Shocker back to life? And they had found a way to actually keep Hongo from transforming into Kamen Rider, which just, as you can tell, it gets a little bit crazy. My point is, Taki is just a normal human. He's been able to go up against the likes of Shocker alongside two enhanced cyborg grasshopper men. And to me, he's probably the closest thing to an actual insert character because like I said, he's not anything special. He worked for the FBI. That was his end point. That's how he got into everything, but he was just a normal guy for the most part. Yeah, he had FBI training, but he was just a normal guy. And yet he's gone toe to toe. He is literally probably the strongest person on screen who was not enhanced and it, it, you have to imagine what this was all like from his point of view he's going up against uh monsters who are uh, of of mixtures of two different animals in, in the, at the end all this crazy stuff he's in order to play his part he's had to go undercover multiple times as a shocker goon to try and intercept get into these different bases and he's been the leader of the common writer kids club since that got started which i still have questions about why you get kids involved in against evil organizations but besides the point taki while i consider him in many ways to be the hero of this you know he's not the hero who gets to lay he's not the hero that gets all the glory he's not the person who lands the final kick that will save the day it's it's called common writer it's not called taki there is not a Taki kick. There is a writer kick. And that's just the nature of the base. He's just a normal, average, everyday guy just trying his best to do what he can to help save the world in the position he's in. He is trying to, in so many ways, plant where he was bloomed, no matter how horrible the situation would end up being. And that just brings to mind the fact that, you know, none of us, most of us will never get the glory for the things we do. Most of us will never know what it was that we did that brought about the story because we're not the heroes. No, we're not the heroes. Jesus is the hero. God is the hero. We see plenty of instances throughout the Old Testament and even in the New where people have to do what seemed seem like at the time the silliest and stupidest things. Because, I mean, they're asked to, Noah is asked to build an ark. Noah, in his faith, went and did it. He wasn't the hero of the story. It was God. In Exodus, we get the Israelites escaping their captivity in Egypt. And Moses went and uh, talked to Pharaoh so many times and it said, let my people go. And Pharaoh kept saying no. And every time God just made it worse and worse for the people of Egypt. But the people of Israel were spared to the point of Israelites having to put blood, lamb's blood on their doors, on their door frames, so that the angel of death would pass by. But the one that I think gets to my mind is the Battle of Jericho, because you have to admit that is some of the craziest things you have to you read in the Bible that actually end up doing something. In Joshua chapter six, I'm going to start in verse 15 in the ESV. It says. On the seventh day they rose early, at the dawn of day, and marched around the city in the same manner seven times. They had previously been marching around the city every day, probably making the people of Jericho wonder, what is wrong with these people? Anyway, back to the verse, verse 16. And at the seventh time, when the priests had blown the trumpets, Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city, and the city and all that is within it shall be devoted to the Lord for destruction. 
Only Rahab the prostitute and all who are with her in her house shall live because she had the mess- hid the messengers that we sent. But you keep yourselves from the things devoted to destruction, lest when you have devoted them, you take any of the devoted things and make the camps of Israel a thing for destruction and bring trouble upon it. Okay, I'm going to skip ahead a little to verse 20. So the people shouted and the trumpets were blown. As soon as the people heard the sound of the trumpets, the, the people shouted a great shout and the wall fell down so that people went up into the city. Every man straight before him and they captured the city. They, marching around that city, those city walls, the trumpets blowing and the people shouting, those probably really didn't actually do anything, I suspect. Except it was them being obedient to God. And God's the one who went in there and just knocked all the walls down, except for one place that had hit the messengers when they were there. Much like Taki, the Israelites were not the heroes of this story. It was God. And if he's there for that, he's just as much there for you. Because... Because in Matthew 28, 20, Jesus says, Behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. That's all the time we have for today. If you want to hear more nerdy devos every weekday, hit the subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also come hang out with us in our Facebook group, The Nerd of God Squad. I'm Drew from the Cellcast for the Daily Nerd Devo. And until next time, we'll catch you in the next frame.